Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hello, hello. Episode number 57, Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. What's up? Back up in this motherfucker. 57. Party time. I'm 50 Tyson. No, (laughs) 57. Uh, Yeah, man, it's an awesome day out. It's been a hot week out. Uh, I went out this week and I went shooting with my buddy Garrett and got sunburned as shit. Yeah, saw that. And now my face is peeling off like a leper. Some true death metal. I need to find some kind of like metal songs that relate to that. Looks like you got some leprosy going on there. There you go. Exactly. How about uh, we'll play Pantera, Shedding Skin later. And uh, okay, (laughs) there's got to be some dude. There's got to be like burnt by the sun. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. There's got to be a bajillion of them out there. So we'll figure it out. We can just spend the whole podcast making bad puns about skin falling off. Yeah. Exactly. Skinless. Play some skinless later. There you go. All right. Uh, We could go on and on and on. How was you guys' week, man? Uh, I don't know. Ke- let's start with you, Kevin. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, just working a lot. Went to a crowbar, and they were super heavy. Bring in the heads. Uh, yeah, man. Um, crowbar, of course, in town with Battlecross. I got to check out Battlecross a little bit, but Crowbar. Ser- it, they almost played a lot of like B-sides, more like their less uh, maybe famous songs, if you were to say that. Okay. And it was awesome because they played some stuff from their Life's Blood for the Downtrodden record, which, I don't know, I, I personally, it's one of my favorite Crowbar records, and it, it was awesome. Man, they they actually did a really cool thing on the event page, too. Um, They posted up, hey, could somebody please bring us a Soundgarden DVD to the show? <laughs> like, we want to watch some Soundgarden, a Soundgarden DVD, and uh, my flannel's ripped, so somebody could bring... <laughs> Be a fresh flannel. And Weird. They, and uh, when yeah. in Seattle? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Somebody I guess, probably did. I bet. Well, a bunch of people were just like, "Yeah, funny joke, man." It's like, no, we're like dead and serious. Like, bring us right. Bring us. The thing stuff. is, though, they're like parked right down the street from Singles Going Steady. You just go grab one. Yeah, go walk one. <laughs> yeah, you probably but, go get one from Target. Yeah, it was. It was. It's pretty cool, though, man. I and I'm. I'm assuming somebody probably brought it to him, and the crowbar people seem like they'd be cool enough to hook him up with some merch. So yeah, you know, well, well, I'd like to think when in Rome. Yeah, man, might as well. Uh, yeah, the only thing that stopped me from going for, to that show was like the second degree burns on my legs and face and arms. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I got that. <laughs> That's text gnarly. And got a pretty good chuckle out of that. I was that. just like, no, I wanted to go, dude, but it just makes like it just makes you super sleepy. Like yeah. I went to bed at like nine o'clock. Both, oh, yeah. Both nights after that. Aged by the sun. Yeah, literally. Don't do it. They say that every time you get a gnarly sunburn like that, your risk for melanoma goes up 15, uh, I guess exponentially 15 times. Not 15%. 15 times the risk. Jeez. I was about to say 15%. <laughs> yeah, 15% is not, well, I mean, that's <laughs> bad, but 15 times yeah. your normal limit? Just put on some SPF, man. It's worth it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a real piece of shit. That'll but, happen. Yeah, I had a good week, man. I went out shooting. I went camping. That's what that's what we did. And uh, I just forgot to wear it. And it's the second day that really rocked me, that really hot day that we had this week. See, whenever I'm going outside, like going hiking or camping or something, when I know it's going to be really sunny outside, I wear a big dorky dad hat. 
like one of the big sun hats. There you go. And yeah, everybody always tosses me shit for it, but F it, man. My face doesn't get burnt and I look See, like a badass with a big the beard and the hat. You, know? you wear a big hat and literally no part of your face is exposed to the sun. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you are completely covered. <laughs> That's from, great. From head to toe. Dude, I do have to tell you, you can get sunburnt underneath the beard. Yeah, I got sunburn on my scalp. That sucks, man. Yeah. That's no good. Uh, although, this, even just this slight scruffle protected that part of my face. Yeah? It's just my forehead and my nose, really. Mm-hmm. It's got the worst of it. So I've been trying to stay out of public and not scare little kids. With your leprosy? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Skin disease falling off? Exactly. But well, it's cool, man. Uh, I got a new gun this week. Tight. Tell That's us about your fun. gun. I got a SIG 938, which is, I think, my new concealed carry gun. Cool, man. It's uh, it's the exact same gun that I had before, but a bigger caliber. So it's a 9mm instead of a 380. Nice, man. And I this week, like, I was experimenting, like, as a gun owner and uh, an owner of my concealed carry permit or whatever, uh, a new thing where, like, you know, most concealed people carry their gun, like, in their waistband. They have, like, a little in-the-waistband carrier. Mm-hmm. That's always been super uncomfortable for me. I hate it. Yeah. It's the worst. Like, it digs into my hip bones right there. So right now I have a big, fat bruise from trying to pull it off and... I just don't get it, man. Like, I have a shoulder holster that I carry mine in like a detective. <laughs> like Pulp Fiction. Like, I'll pull my 1911 out and bring the wrath down like Samuel motherfucking Jackson, bitch. There you go. That's super cool, man. <laughs> but yeah, I don't get how people do that, man. I, I, I tried to do it again today. I, I can't pull it off. Don't expect me to pull my gun out for my waist. Man, there there were so many come at me. There's so many good shows that came through this uh this last week that uh that I didn't get to go to, but that's okay because I was busy at home screwing around with some really cool stuff. I just got uh, some new ADDAs and so I'm really happy. What does about that mean? That. You need uh, to explain audio, that to us. Audio digital, digital to audio, so it's new converters for the studio. I'm pretty okay. stoked about that. And uh, I got a bunch of preamps in, so I've been kinda Doing shootouts, You've been and playing. comparison. Th- you stuff. have been mad scientisting, and yeah, man. I can tell just by the look in, on your beard. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty. You've been tinkering with your fingers down in this it, basement. It's, it's been a good time. Has it improved everything? Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm pretty jazzed about it. Uh, just a couple more parts to go, and um, all the sound treatment stuffs on the way. So it feels, it feels good to finally be on that final push. So uh, when do you think your battle station will be fully operational? Uh. I don't know, man. Um, tentatively two months. And I know I said that a long time ago. Yeah, but it's, it's like we've it's been waiting closer. for the pound record, too. Yeah, man. No, it's 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 just about ready to go. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. It's nice to finally be <clears throat> back on track and making progress. Uh, have you started planning on any bands that you want to have coming? Have you like made any solid plans yet? for, Or are you just waiting to have everything in place before you start booking... Well, I've got a I've got a couple of bands that I'm working with right now out of uh, a couple other different studios around town. Because I know cool. you were doing Numb. Mm-hmm. I know you're working on your own band. Mm-hmm. What and, else? Uh, I have uh, I have four other ones that I'm I'm not going to mention off the top oh, until things further along. Come on, <laughs> that's why we have you in here, man. But uh, yeah, it's it's been God uh, damn you. It's 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 cool. I'm I'm really excited to be moving things along. It's I'm stoked to have my own space. You know, to uh, do what I want with. Oh, so you don't have to work with dumb fucking art students? Yeah. Exactly. There's that, that, and um, it's it's going to be nice not to have all that cash that goes to other studios when I have to record anybody. You know, that saves the band some money, and a little bit of that goes into my pocket, so everybody kind of wins with that. Well, yeah, a little bit of it goes back in, but then you spent however many <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars on your fucking <laughs> studio, so yeah. maybe it'll pay for itself by the time you're 400, Methuselah. Yeah, there you go. My beer will be down to my ankles. Oh, it'll be longer than that. <laughs> you only have a beard coming out your butt at that point. Oh, man. Butt beard. 
Like trying to get peanut butter out of a shag carpet. Oh! What? That's disturbing. Uh, you get the segue of the week. Going into the news. <laughs> Ryan has a shag carpet butt. <laughs> anyway, dude, there's a lot of weird stuff that went on this week. Let's start this week with the news that Metal Alliance Tour got canceled. What? Uh, how many, That's strange. How many years did Metal Alliance exist? I think this is the fourth or fifth year. So it's it was doing pretty good for a few years there. Yeah, like the first year was Crowbar, Helmet, Kylesa, right? Saint Vitus. Second year was like Job for a Cowboy, Dying Fetus. Third year was Behemoth Inquisition, thirteen forty nine. And then that makes this the fourth year, right? So usually most festivals like that, if they don't do well the first year, they don't come back. This year it took them four years to finally fall apart. So the news is this week that, uh, well, the first thing that I noticed last Saturday, because uh, Metal Alliance was on Saturday at Studio 7, we couldn't go because we're here doing Metal Shop, mm-hmm. but the first thing I noticed when they posted the, the set times is, uh, where's Entombed? You know, they weren't, yeah. they weren't on there. So uh, Entombed got booted from the, the tour this year because of financial problems. Here is what Deicide posted on Facebook just yesterday. These are the final dates to this tour. We could have just said f*** this whole mess and been done with it. We don't do business like that and believe there is honor in finishing it not for ourselves but for the fans who deserve to see the band and who expect us to show up. This will be our last U.S. tour for a long, long, long time. Come on out and support these great bands. What happened with this tour is this. The agents put together a package that the local promoters had no faith in and couldn't afford and we're, all, and we're all asking to cancel their dates. So to keep it going and finish it out, Entombed were told to go home, not by us, but by the agents that set up this tour so the local promoters could still do the shows. We're all in this mess together, and I can assure you we'll never get involved in anything ever or like this ever again. We had nothing to do with Entombed being kicked off the tour. Blame Metal Alliance. They're f***ing mess. Harsh. That's rough, man. Especially because Metal Alliance was always such a cool tour, and it was always such a different flavor from year to year. I'm gonna—I I really hope that's not the end of it, but man, that—oh, that I'm sure it will good. be. I guarantee you it will be. Bummer. Um, because wasn't it something like the Decibel? Wasn't Decibel involved with it too? I think so. And like I'll, Decibel Metal Alliance. Uh, Century Media looks like Century well, Media. Well, yeah. Seasons of Mist Deicide, and, of course. Yeah. But um, man, <clears> it's it's uh. I'm not seeing a Decibel logo anywhere on this flyer. Well, man, not so. the new one. Not anymore. Oof. It was Deicide, Hate Eternal, Black, Black Crown Initiate, Lorna Shore. I can't read that super black metal logo. And Entombed AD. But uh, what, what happened is they put together a package that was too expensive. Yeah. And so they had to just at the last minute be like, hey, 50% of the bill. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. You're not allowed here. Hey, Entombed, go back to Europe. (laughs) You cost too much. Play for less money. And they were like, no. Okay, bye. So the day of the show, they were like, oh, by the way, they're not playing the tour. After everybody bought the f***ing tickets to go see Entombed. Yeah. What they should have done is they should have just gotten axed out Black Crown Mm -hmm. Initiate and Lorna Shore and just... Yeah, they should have gotten rid of, well, I'm sure they probably weren't paying them anyway. They were probably just paying them enough to get from show to show. Mm. That's one of those bills where it's like, you're lucky enough to be playing with Deicide and Hate Eternal and Etoomed. Here's your $10. Yeah. And Glenn Benton will creep on you for a week. Here's your $10 and your garlic bread for the night. Shut the (laughs) f*** up and have a PBR. 
and be happy. Be happy you're here. So I just wanted to see Entombed. And I, dude, if I had paid for a ticket to see that just to show up that night and find out they weren't playing, I would have been pissed. I would have been fing pissed. Speaking of things that really pissed me off this week, 1349 went on tour without Frost, who was their uh, drummer from Satyricon. And uh, that's the main reason why I wanted to see that band to begin with. And uh, they booked this whole tour. Frost didn't go on tour with them and they didn't bother to tell anybody or let anybody know. <clears throat> and so uh, I guess they apparently have the uh, drummer from Job Fort Cowboy playing drums for him. His name's Charn. I guess. What? That's that's weird. Yeah, yeah. But so. he's already here in the States, so they were like, uh. Yeah, f- screw it. <clears throat> Thing is, though, at least they still played. At yeah. least they still played their show. No, no, I, I give them props for that, but Frost is the whole reason why I wanted to see that band to Fair begin enough. with, you know? So. So it goes, man. They'll be. I hope they'll be back around sometime. Yeah. All right, so it looks like Fear Factory is going to be coming out with their uh, ninth studio record. Uh, it's actually called Genexus. Genexus. Coming out August 7th, and uh, <laughs> these dudes, it's been a couple years since they put something out. Um, I remember their last one. It's going to be pretty heavy, pretty melodic, and uh, these guys are going to be coming out with the new record, so they posted their album trailer, and uh, I don't know, let's, let's take a listen. Genexus is the next transition in human evolution. As man moves forward to a mechanical state of being. Where machines are human. And humans are machines. La 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 la. This is the story of every one of us. You tripping me out, man. Yeah! 30 seconds of a new song. Available August 7, 2015. Gen Axis by Fear Factory. They should have just smash cut to Dino eating a baby. Uh, this literally looks like a movie trailer. That's weird. Yeah. It's like The Matrix. Gen Axis. That sounded so mushuggy. Mushuggy-ish. Mushuggy-ish. See, here's the thing. If there's going to be a trend in metal in this next 10 years or whatever, I- I'm so glad it would... It's leaning towards something like Gent than something like fucking new metal in the nineties. True. I True. would I'm not even mad about that no. at all. Just just pointing it out, not no. complaining. Oh, you're right. You're <laughs> right. You're very right. What was that Papa Roach song that just came out that was all genty? Ooh. And we I, were like, what the f some Seriously? Gent. Papa Gent. Some gent riffs. <laughs> Papa Herbies. So, some gent riffing. <laughs> Got it from my uncle. Uh, Take rescheduling their U.S. <laughs> tour dates. Uh, they were supposed to be coming through uh, in June, but they said, we're sorry to inform you, we've got the upcoming Take U.S. tour. It's being postponed. This is due to an unforeseen and serious issue with visa status, which is something you can't really argue. Immigration specialists are working to correct the matter as quickly as possible. We're doing our best to save the scheduled NYC shows and on rescheduling the rest of the tour. So if you like Take... I know what's his name, Miles from uh, Perception. He's super obsessed, that band. dude. And they were gonna be torn with Wolfhammer. That I know, band's heavy as he hell. He was super. He was like, finally, I get to see them. Sorry, dude. Maybe next time. Peace. <laughs> Hate to burst your bubble, your little metal bubble. 
Uh, so in the newest in the newest edition of like bands making alcohol, Cataclysm is making a blonde beer. I'd drink uh, it. Belgian brewer Itrupius. Uh, they've joined forces with Cataclysm, and they're going to have a branded beer. It's a specialty craft beer. See, uh, you see the alcohol content percentage? I don't. 6.66%. Cataclysm, St. <laughs> Tarbarnock. 6.66 alcohol by volume. The Cataclysm beer. That's crazy. At order at cataclysmbeer.com. I might have to. How do they ship that to you? Like, how do they, How does it not break in transit? They, they just open up a beer and pour it in a manila envelope. <laughs> like, send that Here's your beer. You. Here's your beer. Be happy with it. Uh, I mean, they're only from, they're from Montreal, so it's not, like, that far. But Maurizio, the singer, said, It's a total honor of being asked to partake in such a project. We started with our own hot sauce to start the party for our new record release, and now we have the beer That's to go tight. with it. The music is coming this summer, and this is this. And all of this is for our fans. They deserve it. <clears throat> Cataclysm, St. Taber- Tabernacle, like an angel pissing on your tongue. They got all the bases covered, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That's what it says. That's oh, man. The, that's, the, <laughs> that's their catchphrase. <clears throat> I'm into that. I'm into bands making wines and beers and like hot sauces and weird consumable shit. I think that's that's creative. I I'm like still it. waiting to try that Pig Destroyer beer. It, it was hilarious reading all the reviews about that because it was all these like really fancy beer right. snobs were all saying, man, this beer is amazing. It's so incredible and it's put out by this really weird band that I really don't like all that much. <laughs> what was the band? Uh, Pig Destroyer. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, uh, Slayer made a wine. Motorhead has a beer. Mastodon has a beer. I had the uh, the Trooper. Doesn't that... Anthrax have a beer too? Yeah, huh? I don't know about that. I thought the they had a wine head. or something. Yeah. Um, who is, uh, Behemoth is making wine and vodka because Nergal is trying to open his own bar over there in Poland. Yeah. So we'll see about that. I think it's cool. Nice. Uh, it's called, uh, yeah, you can order it at cataclysmbeer.com. Spell cataclysm like the band spells it with incorrect with K's. Ugh. Like an angel pissing on your tongue. All right, bad news this week, several bad news uh, items this week. Let's just get through these, and it sucks to talk about, but actor, singer, heavy metal star Christopher Lee died this week at the ripe old age of 93, man. Yeah. Let me tell you, man, this guy did a lot of sh- and that is obviously an understatement. This guy did a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. He would, he acted in over 250 movies. Jesus. <clears throat> the first time I ever saw him as a kid was as uh, the man with the golden gun. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Roger Moore. And it took me probably 10 years <clears throat> until, actually probably even more like 15, 16 years until uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, the mm-hmm. Star Wars movie where he played Count Dooku. And I was like, that's the man with the motherfucking golden gun right there. You better look out because he's going to f*** your shit up. But Yoda totally killed him, so. <laughs> or wait, no, Yoda didn't kill him. Uh, Anakin killed him. Anyway. He was also Dracula, which is really sweet. He's well known for, for that role. Uh, Saruman in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And he was a huge metalhead. Like, even as an old man, he recorded uh, his Charlemagne record in uh, into his mid to late 80s. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with Rhapsody of Fire. He did uh, not necessarily a lot of the musical stuff, but a lot of the really creepy narratives, mm-hmm. like talking about the demons have crossed over the ridge, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like in his Christopher Lee voice. Uh, and I think, let me see if I can pull up something that, this is, uh, let me see if I can skip to the part where it's going to be him talking. This is Rhapsody of Fire singing. Oh, here, here he is. Here. 
when he was younger, before he was an actor, he was actually uh, his goal was to be an operatic bass. Interesting. He wanted to be a singer, huh? So it makes sense to me. Totally. But this is them playing with like a ninety-piece orchestra. This video is epic. Rhapsody of Fire and Christopher Lee. Yeah. And uh, dude, he's easily in his mid to late eighties. He's old, old ass man. So epic. Yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, I think today in this podcast, the last one, I found a couple of pieces where uh, I found him reciting the original 1982 Tim Burton poem of uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Oh, cool. So, we'll play that at the end of the podcast, and then also him reading The Raven by uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Sweet, man. Which is going to be creepy and awesome. So, stick around. If you're into that, we'll play it at uh, at the end of the podcast. Rest in peace, Sir Christopher Lee. Uh, This past week, we actually had another passing of a man by the name of Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. The American Dream. Son of a plumber. Uh, Incredible wrestler personality, a weirdo. uh, And he, actually what he was currently doing is he was training uh, NXT stars down in Florida. His son is Goldust, and his other son is Cody Rhodes, otherwise known as Stardust. And uh, real quick, I wanted to show a little promo that he's well known for. If we could take a listen to that, uh, it's where he talks about hard times. This is his most well-known Ladies promo against Ric Flair. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know that Dusty Rhodes has been injured. Well, we want to welcome back tonight Dusty Rhodes for his first interview since his injury. Here is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty. American Dream, rest in peace, back, man. Age 69. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85 it is to the resident fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. American Dream. With that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Hard times. That's hard time. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we yes, all hard had hard times together. I admit, I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand <laughs> is just a little big. But, brother, I am bad, and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne, and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. <laughs> the world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. 
I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes Tour 885 and Ric Flair Nature Boy. Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real wolf champion. And I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Fans. Oh, Dusty. Hard times coming your way. Hard times coming your way. Rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes. Motorhead got a new song coming out. Uh, it's called Thunder and Lightning. They got a new record, which is rad, coming out August 28th. Uh, Follow-up to their Aftershock record from 2013. Just a little, little bit of it. Sounds like Motorhead. Motorhead, man. Bad Magic's the name of the new record. Sick. Motorhead's always fun to watch Glad live. Glad to see uh, Lemmy's still, uh, still up and around, man, making making magic. Bad Magic. Uh, yeah. Be- Between the Buried and Me, uh, they premiered a new song this week called Famine Wolf. It's from the uh, new record Coma Ecliptic. It's going to be out July 10th. Oh, never mind. Looks uh, looks like, yep, never Just mind. Sorry. Ju- June, 10th June 10th is was what I uh, was thinking. But it's July 10th on Metal Blade Records, uh, and Famine Wolf is available on their SoundCloud through Metal Blade Records. Uh, Earth is going to be playing a few shows here in the Northwest. <clears throat> Ryan, did you work on that record, or you were there while they were doing I, it? I was, I was there while they, I placed a microphone. Okay. <laughs> he, you did, so you did work on it. Nah, no, no, I, I wouldn't <clears throat> say. That, um, yeah, they, that was... That was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, Look what I did. Look what I can do. Yeah, uh, Dylan and uh, and Adrian are both in- incredible people and some of the nicest people in the heavy music scene. So man, go go out and check out this band. The record crushes and uh, the band is really really cool live. Earth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now they're playing Olympia on July nineteenth at the Obsidian and then at the Black Lodge on the twenty second in Seattle. Man, that's gonna be cool. Earth at the Black Lodge. I didn't know that Dylan and Adrian played in Earth. Huh? You're talking about two different Dylans two different, and Adrians. Two different Dylans and Adrians. Oh, okay. Man. Sorry, my bad. There's yeah. something about that name. That's weird, yeah, because <laughs> that's totally Bellwitch oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I never thought about that. Weird. Cool. Earth, man. Oh. Earth, man. Earth, man. Uh, remember we were talking about that Slayer seven-pound metal record that's coming out? Yeah, now they revealed <clears throat> what it looks like? And, well, they revealed what it looks like, we know, but now they're telling you everything that comes in it. So it's not just like a piece of pewter that you can bash someone with. So all the stuff that's coming in here is uh, 
It's going to be a, a, a deluxe digipack <clears throat> folding out into an inverted cross, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so when the CD folds out, it's going to look like, I don't know, that'd be cool. Uh, bonus Blu-ray and DVD featuring the live at Vakken 2014 and making of documentary, so you can see them play that. Uh, bonus live CD live at Vakken 2014, a fold-out poster, <clears throat> an album sticker, whatever that is, and a numbered certificate, plus the big-ass <laughs> Slayer plaque. <laughs> God, look at that! One hundred eighty-nine bucks. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah, it's it's f-ing fat, man. One hundred eighty-nine bucks plus fifty dollars shipping. Fifteen inches wide, seventeen inches tall, so about you know a foot, a couple inches, foot and a half, times three inches thick. <laughs> Damn. So, uh, Repentless, the new record, gonna be coming out. Uh, Nine eleven. Nine eleven. Get you, get you some new Slayer. Uh, we need to get our hands on. We need to see what we can do, man. We need to break into some. To get that new Slayer. Yeah, sounds good. Let's do some pirating, like some dumb shit that our buddy that worked downstairs used to do. I'm not even gonna say, but let's do it. Um, in some more sad news, I actually did not mention this last week, and I uh, I actually apologize to anyone who's listening and was maybe expecting something like that. Uh, but it was an. Amazing tattoo artist and a friend of Metal Shop, a listener of Metal Shop for years and years and years. Um, his name is Kevin Black. He's from Tacoma, and he passed away and lost his fight to cancer uh, just Aww. this past week. So um, shout-outs to his family. Our thoughts are with you, as well as uh, his good friend Eric Markley, who uh, told me the news, and he, he wanted to hear maybe you know maybe some Slayer or some Testament for him. So we'll be doing that on the show. Cool. And uh, he was, like I said, a huge, huge metalhead and a metal shop fan. And he also was a proponent of uh, medical marijuana. And he spoke a lot at Hempfest. Um, he did a lot of the uh, outreach to local com- to the community about that, and was a huge advocate of that. And so it's kind of a bummer to also see the medical marijuana thing in Washington dying as well. Yeah, that's. Uh... That's a whole other step of bullshit, but I, that's really sad to, sad to hear, man. I'm glad we're, uh, we'll talk about that a little, little bit later on the show in more depth. <clears throat> uh, Black Dahlia Murder's got a new record coming out. It's going to be called Abysmal, September 18th. Uh, they're doing a tour all through Australia with Psychroptic and Colossus. Uh, no word on a U.S. tour yet, but I'm sure they will be as uh, the record's coming out, you know, right around September. So I'm sure it'll be right, you know, October, November. They'll be doing some big U.S. stuff. Sweet. Keep you updated. It's been a while since we saw them. Black Dahlia. So Sepultura is uh, now streaming a single called "Under My Skin," uh, and it it's on their new EP, Sepultura Under My Skin, which is kind of shows a lot of the Sepultura art out there that people have uh, tattooed on their bodies. Sepultura. I think you know how what Ryan and I feel about the new Sepultura. And you? Yes. Sepultura. Lots of Sepultura tattoos out there, I'll tell you that. I gotta say, I think the coolest ones are the uh, the Roots cover with the native guy with the face tattoos. That's wild. 
Tattoos of a guy with tattoos, man. So, new Sepultura. There you go. You heard it. Speaking of new... Say you heard it. Speaking of new music, Mutoin Band just premiered a new song. I love this band, and I'm super stoked that uh, they're doing more stuff. And uh, this is Stephen Brodsky from Cave In, uh, Ben Collar on drums from Converge, and Nick Caggio on bass. Some heavy uh, lineup. Santos did all the artwork on this. Mm-hmm. Record's coming out June 30th. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, song's called Thousand Mile Stare. New Mutoid band. Yeah, and that, this band gets heavy, too. Really cool stuff. Check them out. Sweet. I'm That's awesome. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> what the <laughs> f***? <laughs> <laughs> Just read the title, dude. <laughs> Do it. Uh, survey shows metalheads less likely to give you up, let you down, run around, and desert, and desert you. you. <laughs> so the sh- the study... I'm gonna give you up. A recent survey about music shows that uh, metalheads are the most loyal and in relationships. In relationships. So here's a breakdown of the results by musical taste: jazz, nineteen percent; salsa, fourteen; pop, thirteen; country, twelve; rap, nine percent; classical music, eight percent; blues, six percent; reggae, five percent; rock and roll. 5%, electronica, 4%, indie, 3%, and heavy metal, 2%. Less likely to uh, break your heart, apparently. So jazz fans. I fucking hate jazz jazz cats, jazz snobs. Dude, I used, to, I used to play in jazz bands all through high school, and after that I played in a couple of combos. Nothing worse than a fucking jazz nerd. Man, I uh, this Nothing. list is really surprising, man. I, I thought the elect- electronica and rap would be a little bit further up on the list. I figure all those rave kids would get all freaking goofy on some face drugs and be all down to bang whatever has a hole. Now nah, it's probably where they find their partners. <laughs> they're prob- That's the intention, I'm sure. And then they bang a hole and they're like, this is the hole I want to keep. Well, there you go. I like how later in the article it says, the obvious joke to make here is that metalheads are loyal because they're lucky enough to find one person who would <laughs> stoop to banging them, much less two. Hey, that's f***ed <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, that's probably partly true, though. Yeah. Like, Yeah! Uh, Malevolent Creation, remember about a year ago when we were like, hey, we're never going to play that band or even talk about them again because they say the N-word a bunch. We're going back on our word. Now, well, aren't we? we'll talk about it just to reinforce the fact that they're still f***ing ass. <laughs> so just this week, I mean, like when you're on Facebook and you're friends with your bandmates and you have people who are, quote, friends with you on both pages and you post as a bandmate, to your other bandmate's page, a fucking racist-ass picture, and then start laughing about it, everybody else can see that shit too. And that's exactly what happened this week. Oh, that's a pretty bad picture. Philip Fasciana shared a photo to Jay Black's, quote, Facebook timeline this week that said, Mama, I need that picture. And it's a little black kid sitting in a bucket of fried chicken with a piece of watermelon that says, Obama, the early years. What the f***, man? I mean, fucking seriously. <laughs> so, I mean, after all the stuff that came out in, about their old interviews in the 2005, 2006, 2007, and then in 2013 and 14, with them being outed again and not being added to any real tours, not putting out any real music, these guys are still up to their dumb fucking bullshit on the internet. Speaking of bummer, uh, there's a new story going around that Gojira is entering the studio in April. 
Um, but they're not going to be putting out a record until 2016. So, got to wait some time till we hear It'll some new Gojira. It'll make, they make us wait, but we make us they make us wait for good stuff. All right. Um, I don't know if I should talk about this right now because we, I mean, we have it. Wait, but wait we haven't been air. we haven't been greenlit. Oh, let me just put it this way: in the next couple weeks, we're gonna have a summer slaughter sweet package to give away. I'm gonna give you my package. <laughs> it's gonna be a sweet package, and you're gonna love it. You'll be able to put your hands around it, and uh, it'll send you places you've never been. So we've got a summer slaughter package coming your way in the Ooh. next couple weeks. Uh, if you're smart enough to look it up online, you can find out what it is. Because they're doing several of them, but we get one of them, and we'll be giving away on Metal Shop. Damn. My package. <laughs> you want this package. It's a pretty sweet package. Ryan knows. Ryan oh. knows all about the package. So Metal Sucks This Week posted an editorial about why so many modern metal bands suck, right? Yeah. And it's not just that in the, 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 the graphic they put on top, it's not that I'm old, your music really does suck. So it's very three very simple points. I don't want to read their whole f***ing article, but I think they made three good points. And the first one is no one's afraid to nobody cares about taking risks anymore. Nobody's uh, you know, brave enough to take any risks. I feel like <clears throat> and I agree with that and we can expound on that on our own. I think that a lot of, a lot of the big metal bands right now uh used to be and I I I I don't want to name names cuz some of them are playing shows that we have things to do with in the future. Uh, let's put it this way, Metallica. You know, Metallica used to be a risky band, dangerous band, singing sure. about death, singing about killing, singing about all this stuff. Not anymore. Uh, I mean, so nobody cares about taking risks anymore. The only one that does or says anything outrageous is Phil from All That Remains, and he's a f***ing idiot. The second one is, we live in a culture that fetishes virtuosity and youth. I think that's a good point. The example they put here is the girl Tina S who plays lots of like crazy, she's just like a young 14-year-old girl who plays just ripping ass songs and solos doing Dragon Force through the fire and flames. So people are, are obsessed with people who can just play fast. doesn't really matter about how much <clears throat> songwriting ability they have. And that leads to the third point, which is people think that, only, that musical chops only mean technicality. Kind of alluding to this, the previous point where musical chops mean, like my favorite part about Pantera are the just the simple chunky ass riffs that Dime wrote? Okay, and then him like just tossing a solo over it. It's cool. Be like that's Dime soloing. Yeah, totally. But he's soloing over his own. You know, just that simple riffy stuff. That's like the catchy. <laughs> sh- that's important about getting people hooked on music in general. You know, we were talking about that just a week or so ago, uh, not not on air, but about how some of the most memorable metal riffs aren't. The technical ones, like right. all the riffs that people think of when they think of metal and when they think of heavy music, it's never the technical stuff. It's it's always the super chunky stuff. Those are the ones that really get stuck in your head, and those right. are the ones that really lay the foundation for the whole <clears throat> genre, man. I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't necessarily agree with all of this, but I think those are three good points to just take into account if you're a musician or you're just thinking about metal and music or critiquing anything in general about heavy anything. So uh, nobody cares about taking risks. You know, you used to have dudes like, uh, you know, people in the Sex Pistols getting up there. The dude from Rage Against the Machine climbing the tower and almost knocking it over at the MTV Music Awards. Just totally. Like doing weird random shit that just flies in the face of people's, you know, aesthetics and priorities or whatever. We live in a culture that fetishes virtuosity and youth. 
Uh, not only young people can write good music. Uh, people think that musical chops only mean technicality. I don't know. Three good points. Think about it. I'm thinking. Uh, Ghost is back, and they're going to be going on tour. They're going to be apparently playing Seattle. Uh, let me take a look here. Ghost, of course. Ghost BC. Ghost BC. Uh, it's called Black to the Future. They're going to be playing October really? 20th at El Corazon. That's right. Black, Black to, to the, the future. future. Black to the Future. Yep. Cool. Ghost. Going to be creeping us out again. October 20th. Elko. Um, so Otep's Shamaya, Otep uh, singer, is uh, was talking about how she was assaulted on stage. Um, she appeared uh, on the Metal Sucks podcast and gave an interesting interview where she was talking about uh, this. Okay, and so according to staff and audience members... A man and this des- is this is from Otep. Described as very large and belligerently drunk was attempting to instigate fights before the show, including harassing Otep's muscle man guitar player, Aristotle. Uh, later the man was seen throwing a young woman into the monitor board, which resulted in a disruption of sound during Otep's set. Really? After the show, as Otep was on stage inviting people to meet and greet at the merch table, the same man screamed and she was a <laughs> in charge of the stage. Uh, she instinctively struck his head with her microphone. He screamed to hit him again and lunged at her, and he, she struck him a second time. She Security then removed him, him from the venue while he continued to scream insults. Hit me again! All right. At Otep. Don't. So that's interesting. Good job, dude. Uh, yeah. Don't, Don't be call a, a bro. All no, right. Nobody likes him. <clears throat> so the only reason I even want to talk about this at all is because there is a certain power and uh, inherent trust that's handed over to people who are behind a microphone on a stage because you're the one with the mic you get to do and say what you want you're the front man you're the fucking famous guy everybody looks at you blah 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 the only reason i want to talk about this guy from the band falling in reverse this guy uh ronnie radke uh who's been uh allegedly accused of being a rape rapist basically so here's what happened so according to ap alternative press they're reporting that uh, Falling in Reverse frontman Ronnie Radke has filed a civil lawsuit against his accuser, Casey Boswell, the 25-year-old Utah woman who last week publicly accused him of rape. He's seeking monetary compensation for damages against his reputation, but they don't have a dollar amount. So he uh, Radke admits he had a casual, intimate relationship with Boswell, that she was on Falling in Reverse's tour bus. Shocking. And even that Boswell, Radke, Radke's bodyguard, and a friend of the band's all got in one car together to drive to a local bar after the show. But of course, Radke's version of the story claims that there was never any impropriety from his part. From the AP article, and I quote, While en route, according to the complaint, Radke decided that Boswell was seriously intoxicated or otherwise debilitated in some manner. Radke told Boswell that, instead of going to the woodshed, Radke wanted the car to take Boswell either to a hospital or to her home. Boswell refused to go to a hospital, instead providing the name of an intersection at the lo- as the location where she wanted to go. Once at the intersection, Boswell initially refused to leave the car. Bateman had to secure her exit from the vehicle, so they dragged her out of the car. Boswell then sat on the curb, awake, coherent, and operating her phone. Radke says his driver called the police, and a passerby offered to stay with Boswell. The claim alleges that Boswell indicated she lived nearby... So the car drove off, only to return shortly afterward to find her lying down on the ground. So, let's read through the lines here. So this guy, who's a piece of shit, 
invited this drunk ass girl up onto his tour bus, which happens in every city. Oh yeah. Every one of these dudes and every one of these fucking bands who finally decides, hey, we have a tour bus. It's impressive, right? I'm gonna bring drunk girls up on my bus and right. I think right. that's kind of yeah. that's the bottom line of all of this. Mm -hmm. Just reading through it all. That's me not being politically correct, giving him the time of day because I don't even give these dudes the time of day, because like I said, they're in a power position. And they get people to do what they want just because they have that, quote, mm -hmm. five minutes of fame or whatever. So this fucking guy has the audacity to sue his rape accuser. Man, this is so messed up. Um, For real money. Like, fucking Wow. And here's the other piece of advice. If you're a person listening to this or who has a young daughter or a friend or a niece or a cousin, never let them get on the tour bus. No. Ever. Never let them get on the tour bus. I wouldn't even go on the fucking tour bus half the time. Anyway, uh, not really a metal band, but just putting that out there as some awareness. Uh, f that guy, and don't ever do that. Don't put yourself in that situation. And if you are in that situation, well, the, the, get out. The rule to remember is if you can't have a coherent conversation with the person, you probably shouldn't be trying to have sex with them. Well, they just dropped her off on the side of the street. They basically picked her up. They f***ed around with her, whatever they did. And then they were like, all right, bye. And then he, they, she was like, I don't want to get out. And they were like, dragged her out of the car, left her on the fucking <laughs> side of the road. Wow. So, yeah, good job, guys. She's not a real doll. <laughs> uh, so every time I die, Andy from Every Time I Die, he is now a wrestler. So he, Tight. yeah, he's uh, he's been training and he made his debut this past week for Smash Wrestling. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, so I, I want to play this video, but there's no real. It just sounds like a guy getting choke slammed. I mean, we can play it. Let's see what it sounds like here. Oh, so he slaps him, and then the big guy grabs him by the neck. Oh, yep, yeah, he ate it. That was real. Choke slam. <laughs> That's not fake. <laughs> He's rolling around on the ground. So his in his debut, he got choke slammed. It's a good way to start. Damn. Good job, dude. Cool. He's a big dude, and I could see him f***ing someone up. Yeah, man. No joke. Rad. I feel like in those smaller leagues, too, like, they probably actually do f*** each other up a little more. Oh, yeah. There's less writing on it, you know? There's not some big contract from WWE where they're like, They also got to impress. Break my leg. Yeah, exactly. It's like college basketball, you know? They really got to put, <coughs> they got to show that they're legit, so they put a lot more into it. And they can murder themselves in front of eight people. <laughs> yeah, let's not for let's, like forty bucks. Yeah. All right. Now well, we'll see you next week. Uh, walk off that broken ankle. <laughs> so uh, the PRP reported today that Rockstar Energy Uproar Festival is not happening this year. So there's no Shocker. uproar. So Mayhem Fest and Uproar, which was like its cousin, which is like the second incarnation of Sounds of the Underground, basically, yeah. which also came from Warp Tour. So it's all kind of the same. Family just branched out over the last few years. Uproar is more like the radio rock kind of. Yeah, thing. I'm totally. Mayhem's the metal. Like I had, I don't think I, I think I went to one of the f the first Uproar Fest through KISW, and I'm pretty sure Avenged Sevenfold played. I think so too. Yeah, I went to go see that. I went because it was free, and it was at the White River. It was a nice day out in the sun. Yeah, yeah. don't turn down a free show, man. But uh, Uproar is not happening this year. Mayhem Fest is happening. That's coming up on the 30th of this month, I believe. The next couple weeks. Oh yeah. So um John Reese is the guy who runs Mayhem Fest, is the founder of Mayhem Fest. 
who also is very hands-on, and as we've mentioned in podcasts past, is the guy who helps us at on site do our stage announcements and stuff. Hell yeah. So he's that like that involved with it. He's not sitting in some fing office somewhere. He did an interview recently uh, where he mentioned that he wouldn't would love to see a reunited Pantera play Mayhem Fest with a new guitar player. That who would be wouldn't? awesome. <clears throat> he quotes, kind of have Zach do it. Quote, well, with somebody on guitar, obviously. I think that hopefully it happens. I think the fans deserve it, and who knows what the three remaining guys have to say. Well, we all know what they have to say. But I think it would be badass to see Pantera out there. First of all, Vinny Paul would say no. He goes on to say, uh, I've even approached them about doing it. Do I think it's going to happen? I have no idea. I know that a heavy, heavy tragedy happened, and there are some hard feelings, but it's up to those three dudes to decide if they ever want to do something or not. If they would decide to do it, I would support it wholeheartedly and I would do whatever I could to be involved, but it's up to them. So he's pretty much said that he offered Pantera to play Mayhem Fest. I think that... Uh, that would be a little weird. It'd have to, they'd have to change the name like Pantera Inc. or like uh, some variation. I think Pantera reuniting should be its own thing and not part of Mayhem Festival. If they're ever going to do it, it should just be its own like, yeah. festival, its own tour, or its own just I th- standalone show. I think it should be their own fest and their own tour, and I think that they should do it with bands that meant something to them. Like, they should do it with their friends' bands, and they should do it with bands that they were touring with back in the day, and they should make it a legitimate thing. <clears throat> make it a celebration of life, kind of like the Death DTA tours, you know? Make right. it a l- really legit exactly. thing. Exactly. I don't know. We'll find out, man. Uh, <clears throat> he gave it a shot, though. I mean, for what it's worth, I don't. I haven't even had time to digest the idea of that, really, but it's interesting. Huh. Uh, there was a festival in Germany... A metal fest. Uh, it's called a uh, Rock Am Ring Festival in Germany. Yeah, and uh, lightning struck. Thirty-three people were hospitalized after lightning struck the festival. Not once, <sighs> but twice. Jesus, twice you got struck by lightning. Thirty-three people had to go to the hospital after lightning struck the grounds at Rock Am Ring Festival in Mendig, Germany. The first strike, which landed around one a.m. just after Marilyn Manson had left the stage, <sighs> God is dead, injured eight crew members backstage. Afterwards, people were urged to head under lightning-proof tents. Okay. A second strike hit about 4 a.m., injuring another 25 people. Thankfully, no one was seriously hurt, and the festival closed out with performances by Motorhead, Lamb of God, and more. So, lightning struck. Jesus. Twice. (laughs) Once backstage, once out in the crowd. Is this the kind of fest where they're going 24 hours a day? I think so. Because it said that it struck at 1 and 4 a.m. Are they still fucking playing music at 4 a.m.? Is it the kind of thing where you take naps and then go see what you want and then... Mm. It's weird. That's gnarly. Because a lot of these bands aren't from this country, so they're like, whatever, it's noon in my country. I'll that, play at 4 a.m. I don't give a f-. That was God being like, oh, you want to watch Lamb of God and Marilyn Manson and Motorhead? You better run! Run, bitch! Bladeh! Okay, so... All right, uh, so... There was actually some attendees at the festival called Rocklahoma, and they are sorry. Uh, they're missing, and uh, they were last seen on Friday, May twenty second, on their way to uh, Rocklahoma in Pryor, uh, Oklahoma. And their names are Ben Babar and Cody Perrick. Their pictures are on MetalSucks.net. Yeah, these have been floating around for a little while. So uh, <clears throat> no, they were found in a car submerged in a boat ramp 
Uh, the police suspect no foul play, but it's just weird. It's a bummer. So a couple of dudes that were going to a fest uh, got stuck in a car or something happened. Either they parked on the thing and didn't have their brake on and went to sleep or they were all wasted, which is the likely case. But uh, it's just sad to see, man. Hmm. Shadows Fall announced they challenged their, quote, shortest hiatus ever record <laughs> and announced that they're playing some summer shows. Uh, they announced last August they were taking a hiatus, and less than eight months later, they are back. Saturday, August 22nd, Shadows Fall will be headlining the Big Kahuna Festival in Providence, Rhode Island. So uh, Shadows Fall is back. Who knows whether they're going to be writing a new record or whatever. But they're still around, so fear not if you're a Shadows Fall fan. Smack, your face and, uh, smack yourself in the face with some dreadlocks. Huh. So they're, you know, they might not be doing extensive touring outside of the East Coast, but apparently they're into doing stuff right in their backyard, which is cool, you know? I mean, who who knows? We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, There's a video that came up this week called Watch Old People React to Slipknot. (laughs) It's nine minutes long, (laughs) but let's see how it starts. Elders React to Music is the video series. This episode, Slipknot. So let's see, what, let's see what they have to say. This is weird. Oh my gosh. What is she saying? <laughs> the looks, dude. What kind of group is this? The Slipknot, man. They are really going for it. They are jumping, Laura, I'll tell you. <laughs> I tell you, boy. I tell you. <laughs> Corey Taylor, that boy music. ain't right. It's like noise to me. <laughs> I can hear father or mother saying, Is this my child? <laughs> wow, I wish I was at this concert. See that guy? I'll hang out with that guy. Mostly just a bunch of confused looks. It's not my type of music and never will be. It makes you want to jump up and down. Like, wow. Why the mask? Oh, man, I loved it. Give me more. (laughs) That dude rules. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's almost scary. Somebody's hooded. <laughs> See, us elders went into this. <laughs> Scary. Step inside and die. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Ooh. Is he eating himself? Is he eating himself? No wonder there's only six people out there. This guy's a headbanging. How much fun was this? Gee, that's tons of fun, isn't it? This is sick. Wow, that's pretty violent there. (laughs) 
All right. Anyway, I'm gonna grab this and I'm gonna post this right now to the metal shop page because uh, that's that, great. That's too good. That's too good to be true. Us elders, we were not into this. Yeah, this isn't our. That's not my kind of music, and it never will be. Well, this might be more up there, Allie. Uh, ben Woods did a cover, a flamenco, flamenco cover of Judas Priest flamenco. breaking the law, breaking the law, and it was uh, posted this past week. Uh, he has flamenco Metallica covers, but okay. he busted this one, busted this one out. And it went viral this week. It's so good. I would just empty my wallet out to this guy if I saw him on the street corner. <laughs> this video rules. Oh, dude, it's, on, it's just him. Breaking the law in a bunch of dumb f***ing ways. Like he's like standing in a no trespassing area. Uh, Jaywalking. <laughs> uh, parking in a no parking zone. Uh, smoking in a no smoking area. He uh, he cuts the tag off his mattress. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, we should play this on Metal Shop tonight, man. Let's get weird. We get to do whatever the f*** we want. We might as well do it. You know? Somebody will get a kick out of it. I'm down. It's a good summertime song, man. Be like, ooh, I want to sip on a drink out of a coconut. I want to listen to an album of this. Yeah, like well, grill, uh, you know. Apparently, he does a lot of the this stuff. He did a flamenco Metallica, mm-hmm. and uh, this is him doing a flamenco priest. The, yeah, him Illegal downloading, downloading. <laughs> <laughs> with a chihuahua on his lap. Oh God, this guy fucking rips. Yeah, check that out. In fact, I'm gonna post that the other video, the watching uh, Slipknot, Slipknot, old people watching Slipknot. I'll post that to the KSW page. Ryan, if you can grab this yep. and post this to the Metal Shop page, that would be awesome. Can do. Sweet. That's awesome. Uh, I like so that, man. I like that. Guitar Hero Live is gonna be coming out. Um, Guitar Hero, uh, immensely popular. What was it, like PS2? Yeah, and Xbox. And like- Xbox Live. I, it had to have been like 2001, and it, when it came out, everyone was like, "Holy shit! I can play guitar to other songs." It's like karaoke for guitar players. So there's going to be the new one, and it's going to be for next gen center, uh, next gen systems. And MetalSucks.net is reported that there is now a song listing for this, and uh, it's got some pretty good ones. Alice in Chains and Bullet for My Valentine, Wolf Mother, Queen, Weezer, Deep Valley, Angus and Julia Stone, Catfish and the Bottleman, Neon Trees, New Politics, Pantera, Cowboys from Hell, Catfish and the Bottleman, Judas Priest, Rage Against the Machine, Black Veil Brides, Pierce the Veil, what? The Black Keys, Blitz Kids, Ed Sheeran, Fall Out Boy, Gary Clark Jr., Green Day, Killers, Lumineers, My Chemical Romance, Rolling Stones, Skrillex. What? Yeah. Weird. The War on Drugs, Sleigh Bell, System of a Down, Alter Bridge, Alt-J, Broken Bells, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pretty Reckless, Deftones, Marilyn Manson, Kill Switch Engage, Mastodon, Bring Me the Horizon of Mice and Men, Trivium, Royal Blood, Vista Chino, what? And Marmosets. That's cool. Vista Chino making it on there. Some obscure <laughs> stuff. Like, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I'm sure they'll probably take a page out of the rock band thing and just have, like, every week, check out all these weird, obscure bands you can download a song that you can play along to. Yeah. And this is, goes back to the argument we had a couple months ago. I'd still rather have it be on Rocksmith so little kids learn how to play the fucking guitar for real. But, just get uh, some at the gates on that bitch. There you go. Uh, there's an some article burzum. here. I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, and there's an article here, another editorial from uh, Metal Sucks. Uh, Doc Coyle from uh, God Forbid Wonders, did Pantera ruin modern metal album production forever? And the start of this is valid, and he said that Dime had what he would call a, quote, good-bad guitar tone. Like, in that it was good, but it was just weird and shitty enough to become signature, to become a signature tone, so that whenever you hear a riff, you're like, oh, that's Pantera. Oh, that's Dime. I know that's Dime. Like, especially Ryan, anybody that's got, like, that sonic ear for recording and stuff like that, who spent, like, as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, that's Dime. And there's some guitar players that are instantly recognizable by their tone alone, even if they're playing outside of their band or anything else. And uh, Jeff Loomis would be one of those. Loomis would be one of those. Uh, The big one that I was going to say would be uh, Typo Negative. Okay. And every, every single instrument in that band, very specific tone that you recognize right off the bat kind of shitty in a weird way but it's very much their thing uh he went on to say that you know it's it's the kind of thing that kind of took over metal in the 90s and when you know you crank the gain up on everything and just try and you know do an american style of what is basically like the gothenburg sound on like an hm2 uh he said that the the nutshell of this and i'm not going to read it all and doc says in his own words that quote what was once a unique and singular sonic vision by a band called Pantera became in many ways the default sound for metal. Which is a valid criticism, as they go on to say. And, you know, in my opinion, like, if that's what it was going to be in the 90s, I would rather have the, the default sound for metal come from Pantera than a lot of other fucking bands. So I'm not even going to get mad about it. But I think he's right, man. That's uh, kind of what a lot of people shoot for. Maybe except for, you know, Dark Throne. They're probably doing their own thing, but you just Dave Grohl, he's uh he's a badass. He might not be too metal, but he has uh this story went was all over my Facebook and it was just super funny. Um he was performing a concert live on stage in Gothenburg, Sweden, speaking of Gothenburg, and uh he was playing uh, it was June twelfth, so it was just yesterday. He fractured his leg live on stage, made had a huge fall, and he kept playing the show. So he went and, uh, I guess apparently he went backstage, they slapped a quick cast on it, and he was back playing again in about 15 minutes or so. Yeah, here, here, let's prevent your broken leg from poking through your skin real yeah. quick. And he's like, ah, f*** it. Wheel me back out on stage. So Taylor from, uh, Taylor from the uh, Foo Fighters continued on while he was getting the cast, and he was back That's in like 15 cool. minutes, and... Yeah, so they've had to cancel some gigs. Well, yeah, I mean, if you broke your leg right then and there, and you're like, "Well, we're here." Yeah, <laughs> I wonder it. if it, it doesn't it doesn't say whether it happened early in the set or late in the set. I'm sure it had to have happened early enough where he was like, "Well," in a Foo Fighter set is not a short set. Well, here's the thing. Remember a few months ago when we were talking about how much bands made, mm-hmm. and at that fest down in Brazil, Foo Fighters walked with five million dollars. So he's like, mm, how much is my broken leg worth? It's not worth five million I'm going to suck it up and play the f***ing show. And be like the hero that's what, like, people are like, oh my god, he f***ing yeah, two for one. did it with two a broken for one leg. For Dave Grohl. Uh, somebody else brought up on another page that I was following earlier, yeah, that ain't compared to Phil Anselmo ODing and then coming back to play their set. That's not as novel. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a different way to look at it. That's but. so f***ed up. <laughs> Damn it, man. Uh, I mean, remember that guy from Valonfire that stepped off the stage at that Converge show, that At the Gates show? Oh, man, that was yeah, a bummer. Yeah, stop. Um, yeah. Dude, that, 
the the more impressive one for they me. They weren't was, making five million dollars. Yeah, the the guy I can't remember what band it was. Or the dude the dude had a hysterical name. The guy who took a t shirt, Canon t shirt, to the ball bag. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and finished that. the set with yeah, his yeah, nuts yeah. the size of grapefruits. Oh, man, Jesus Christ, <laughs> poor dude, <Ugh>. so gnarly. <laughs> so I mean, good for him. Good for him. I, honestly, I'm surprised that it, it had to have not been that bad. If it was like a compound fracture, he would have been like, ah. Get me the f*** out of here! All of a sudden, Foo Fighters would have sounded hella metal. Yeah, bring, <laughs> bring, bring back ProBot. <laughs> See what happens. Anyway, I'm glad he'll, he'll be alright, man. He'll, uh, he'll just be playing in gimp mode for a little while. Oh, uh, uh, more details are emerging about Lamb of God's new record, Sturm und Drang. I still do, Is that German? Sturm und Drang? Yeah, it sounds like German. I think that's a German, and I feel like that's a World War II German term from, yeah. from the yeah, war. Yeah, I think so. We need to figure that out because we're ignorant Americans. Anyway, uh, more details about their new record. Uh, talking about some of the people that are going to be doing guest appearances on it. Uh, some of them are going to be uh, members of the Deftones and Dillinger Escape Plan. Hmm. So it's going to be uh, Chino from the Deftones is going to be on a song called Embers. Cool. And do, 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 let me see who else is going to be on here. I'm trying to see. I'm, I'm trying to scan this interview real quick to see if I, where I can find where he's talking about Dillinger. Oh, Greg. Uh, yeah. So guess, the two guest vocalists are Chino and Greg, uh, respectively, from the Deftones and Dillinger Escape Plan. So there you go. Uh, Ginger Baker from the band Cream, the drummer who also played in Blind Faith and Public Image Limited, uh, says that he absolutely detests heavy metal. He calls wow. it an abortion. He said that he explains that he finds people that dress up in spandex trousers with the extraordinary makeup incredibly repulsive. I get that. I do get that. Although I feel like he's stuck in metal from 1986. Not many <laughs> bands do that anymore unless you're going to see like either Priest or Steel Panther. Who both came together on tour last time? Ironically. Apparently, there's a did. pretty funny 2013 documentary called "Beware of Mr. Baker," uh, and it's about Ginger Baker, and it kind of shows him as a chain-smoking, profanity-spewing, mean-spirited, entitled, grouchy, vile, and self-destructive man. Well, he uh, doesn't he have a vocoder? Doesn't he? Let's take a look. I can't. Looks like it to me. Huh. But uh. Well, here's the thing. Like in in a in a Rolling Stone interview from uh, 2012. When Bill Ward, Bill Ward exited the quote exited the band, aka got the boot from Black Sabbath, uh, they were th- uh, Rick Rubin wanted Ginger Baker to play in Black Sabbath. This guy who's now saying I detest heavy metal. Uh, Tony Iommi told the magazine, "quote I thought bloody hell, I just couldn't see that." So they hired <laughs> Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine. Wow, he <laughs> he's almost in Black Sabbath. He says some pretty funny stuff. Um, yeah, he's just a cranky old f***ing coot. He's a coot. That's a, he's an old coot, like one of those cartoon old coots, like the grandpa and in, uh, in uh, King of the Hill. Iron Maiden Steve Harris is going to be touring with British Lion. Uh, it's his solo side project. He's going to have a 22 date UK tour starting on July 29th, and uh, yeah, so. He is doing a solo thing. He's like, you know, Iron Maiden, I can let them sit back. I got my own thing going. You guys ever listen to British Line? I actually I've never, never have. Really, yeah, I never really have you. It's like electric acoustic and bass. Watch your fire in their eyes. 
This is live, obviously. Yeah, I'm already over it. Good for him. Do your thing, Steve Harris. Do your thing. Do you, boo-boo. He was wearing a t-shirt that says, Whales, Beef, Oil, and Hookers. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Judas Priest's uh, Richie Faulkner says that they're talking, definitely talking about making another Judas Priest record. He said he's always got ideas, always got uh, some ideas recorded in the back of the dressing room. It might be Priest stuff. It might be something completely different, but you never know. And so, um, so he's definitely kind of maybe thinking about possibly making another Judas Priest. Well, Redeemer of Souls just came out last summer. It hasn't even been a year yet. July, it'll be a year. But you know that was their follow up to 2008 Nostradamus. So if they're gonna put out a new record, I don't know. You should probably do it before you guys break up. Didn't you guys say that you were gonna stop touring and stop doing everything? And remember, we called that. We were like, oh yeah, of course they're gonna fucking break up. No, of course they're not. You're going to keep doing it because they're Judas Priest and the world needs Judas Priest. God damn it. We need ya. Uh, world Dane is saying that they would not make another Nevermore record without Jeff Loomis. Uh, yeah. They conducted an interview with him and Lenny and Worrell said that, no, they wouldn't do it without him. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty obvious. He definitely wrote most of the guitar stuff, right? Like he, well, he wrote the, the Nevermore music. So why would you do it without? Ne- Nevermore is Jeff Loomis. Yeah. First no, and well, foremost. Not, well, it's Nevermore is Loomis and Did World because it's the voice. The voice of Nevermore. <laughs> so, yes and no. And Lenny's in there, too, from Sanctuary and all, all mm-hmm. that stuff. So we'll find out. I, and I, I, it'll probably happen, but it's going to take time now, especially since Loomis is doing Arch Enemy stuff. So, so much Arch Enemy stuff. They just got Summer Slaughter is next on their list. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Vice Spain just recently spoke to a man named Fernando Leal. He's a, a Spanish Iron Maiden fan who's claimed to have seen the band 230 times. Whoa. That's a lot of times, man. You might not think that number 230 is a lot, but seeing a band like Maiden 230 times, A, probably not that cheap. It's a lot of money you spend on Maiden tickets. Damn. And uh, probably seeing them all over the world. So here he says he first got into Maiden in 87 when he was 16. Shortly after they got, uh, after they put out the Somewhere in Time record, got to witness their first concert, uh, concert at the Rocodromo Festival in Madrid, then spent the next three decades following Maiden to faraway places such as Mexico and Australia and everywhere in between. He says, this is how I spend my vacations. Why would I sit on a beach for 15 days? That'd be a complete waste of time. See, here's the other thing that he goes on to say, and this is a very big caveat. He said, I don't have kids, a car, a mortgage or whatever, so I have some extra money. I, yeah, I'd say that probably helps, saving some money. For various health reasons, I don't drink either, so I actually don't go out that much. I just make sure to book tickets early, and most of the time I sleep in the airport. It's cheaper. My trip to India and Dubai actually only lasted four days. I went to go see Maiden in India. Wow. Hmm. So this guy is a, uh, he says, the day I get bored at a concert, I'll stop going. Huh. All right. Cheers to you. Going to see Maiden all over the world. Fernando Leal. 230 times. Whoa. In 30 years. All over the world. It's cool. So, uh, all right. So Metal Hammer has the Golden Gods Awards. And in the first time ever, 
they have announced who the Golden God is before the event. And this year, the Golden God will be Megadeth main man, Dave oh, Mustaine. Like anybody needs to pump this guy's ego up. He's not golden. He's red hair. He's a ginger. He's a He's ginger close. god. He's the closest one. <laughs> closest to golden. Ginger god. He's going to accept the award. Hey, Dave. This is for He's you. So the 30th anniversary of Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good is coming up here. It was made it's in... This week. Yeah, you know, right, June 12th. So, uh, yeah, 30 years since that record came out. He is a ginger god. What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up, ginger god? Ginger god. You guys see that Shia LaBeouf inspirational speech? Fantastic. Just do it. Apparently this, the whole speech is a half an hour long. Really? It's 29 minutes. Damn, dude. From what I from what I've seen. So let's play this the only appropriate metal shop version. Hardcore Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. <laughs> With the head, the muscle poses. This is for uh, inspiration at the gym. We could cover this like Judd Judd. Wow. I want to see if this goes anywhere. There it is. Uh, is writing this music that easy? Oh yeah. Giving up. I feel like Henry Rollins would approve of this spiel. Do it. Yeah, it's pretty weird. This guy Shia LaBeouf. This guy got weird for a long time. Wow. Just do it. Uh, okay. Easy for you to say when you have a load of money. Just do it. Yeah, I'll buy. Just buy it. <laughs> you want that car? Just buy it. I need some new shoes. Buy them. I want a hamburger. Buy it. All right. This week on Metal Shop's Backstage Pass, we're going to go a little bit deeper like we always do, but Ian's going to keep it short and sweet and to the point. It's Brutal Poetry Too Hot for Radio, this week featuring anal <laughs> Face it. You're a metal band. Take it away, Ian. You're not f***ing hardcore. You're not avant-garde. You're not punk rock. You're just a f***ing retard. You're not something special. You're not something new. You're not f***ing good. Face it. You're a metal band. That's right. Face it. You're a metal band. By anal and the one and only Seth Putnam. Rest in peace. Face it. Rest in hell. So, yeah, rest in no peace. So, what we're going to... Rest gonna... with a pineapple up your butt. Satan. 
So uh, I think we're going to transition here a little bit into some Christopher Lee. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, this is uh, Christopher Lee reading uh, the original poem that uh, Tim Burton wrote for The Nightmare Before Christmas. Sweet. Rest in peace, Christopher Lee. See you later. It was late one fall in Halloween land, and the air had quite a chill. Against the moon, a skeleton sat, alone upon a hill. He was tall and thin, with a bat bow tie. Jack Skellington was his name. He was tired and bored in Halloween land. Everything was always the same. I'm sick of the scaring, the terror, the fright. I'm tired of being something that goes bump in the night. I'm bored with leering my horrible glances, and my feet hurt from dancing those skeleton dances. I don't like graveyards, and I need something new. There must be more to life than just yelling, BOO! Then out from a grave, with a curl and a twist, came a whimpering, whining, spectral mist. It was a little ghost dog with a faint little bark and a jack-o'-lantern nose that glowed in the dark. It was Jack's dog, Zero, the best friend he had. But Jack hardly noticed, which made Zero sad. All that night and through the next day, Jack wandered and walked. He was filled with dismay. Then, deep in the forest, just before night, Jack came upon an amazing sight. Not twenty feet from the spot where he stood were three massive doorways carved in wood. He stood before them, completely in awe, his gaze transfixed by one special door. Entranced and excited, with a slight sense of worry, Jack opened the door to a white, windy flurry. Jack didn't know it but he'd fallen down in the middle of a place called Christmas Town. Immersed in the light, Jack was no longer haunted. He had finally found the feeling he wanted. And so that his friends wouldn't think him a liar, he took the present-filled stockings that hung by the fire. He took candy and toys that were stacked on the shelves and a picture of Santa with all of his elves. He took lights and ornaments, and the star from the tree, and from the Christmas town sign, he took the big letter C. He picked up everything that sparkled or glowed. He even picked up a handful of snow. He grabbed it all, and without being seen, he took it all back to Halloween. Back in Halloween, a group of Jack's peers stared in amazement at his Christmas souvenirs. For this wondrous vision, none were prepared. Most were excited, though a few were quite scared. For the next few days, while it lightninged and thundered, Jack sat alone and obsessively wondered, why is it they get to spread laughter and cheer while we stalk the graveyards, spreading panic and fear? Well, I, I could be Santa, and I could spread cheer. Why does he get to do it year after year? Outraged by injustice, Jack thought, and he thought. Then he got an idea. Yes, 
Yes, why not? In Christmas Town, Santa was making some toys when through the din he heard a soft noise. He answered the door, and to his surprise, he saw weird little creatures in strange disguise. They were altogether ugly and rather petite. As they opened their sacks, they yelled, Trick or treat! Then a confused Santa was shoved into a sack and taken to Halloween to see Mastermind Jack. In Halloween, everyone gathered once more, for they'd never seen a Santa before. And as they cautiously gazed at this strange old man, Jack related to Santa his masterful plan. My dear Mr. Claus, I think it's a crime that you've got to be Santa all the time. But now, I will give presents, and I will spread cheer. We're changing places. I'm Santa this year. It is I who will say, Merry Christmas to you. So you may lie in my coffin, creak doors, and yell, Boo! And please, Mr. Claus, don't think ill of my plan, for I'll do the best Santa job that I can. And though Jack and his friends thought they'd do a good job, their idea of Christmas was still quite uh, macabre. They were packed up and ready on Christmas Eve day when Jack hitched his reindeer to his sleek coffin sleigh. But on Christmas Eve, as they were about to begin, a Halloween fog slowly rolled in. Jack said, we can't leave. This fog's just too thick. There will be no Christmas, and I can't be St. Nick. Then a small glowing light pierced through the fog. What could it be? It was Zero, Jack's dog. Jack said, Zero, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And to be so needed was Zero's great dream, so he joyously flew to the head of the team. And as the skeletal sleigh started its ghostly flight, Jack cackled, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. It was the nightmare before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was peaceful, not even a mouse. The stockings, all hung by the chimney with care, when opened that morning would cause quite a scare. The children, all nestled so snug in their beds, would have nightmares of monsters and skeleton heads. The moon that hung over the new-fallen snow cast an eerie pall over the city below, and Santa Claus' laughter now sounded like groans, and the jingling bells like chattering bones. And what to their wondering eyes should appear but a coffin sleigh with skeleton deer and a skeletal driver so ugly and sick they knew in a moment this can't be Saint Nick. From house to house for the true sense of joy, Jack happily issued each present and toy. From rooftop to rooftop he jumped and he skipped, leaving presents that seemed to be straight from a crypt. Unaware that the world was in panic and fear, Jack merrily spread his own brand of cheer. 
He visited the house of Susie and Dave. They got a Gumby and Pokey from the grave. Then onto the home of little Jane Neiman. She got a baby doll possessed by a demon. A monstrous train with tentacle tracks. A ghoulish puppet wielding an axe. A man-eating plant disguised as a wreath. And a vampire teddy bear with very sharp teeth. There were screams of terror, but Jack didn't hear it. He was much too involved with his own Christmas spirit. Jack finally looked down from his dark, starry frights and saw the commotion, the noise, and the light. Why, they're celebrating. It looks like such fun. They're thanking me for the good job that I've done. But what he thought were fireworks meant as goodwill were bullets and missiles intended to kill him. Then amidst the barrage of artillery fire, Jack urged Zero to go higher and higher, and away they all flew like the storm of a thistle until they were hit by a well-guided missile. And as they fell on the cemetery way out of sight, it was heard, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Jack pulled himself up on a large stone cross, and from there he reviewed his incredible loss. I thought I could be Santa. I had such belief. Jack was confused and filled with great grief. Not knowing where to turn, he looked toward the sky. Then he slumped on the grave and he started to cry. And as Zero and Jack lay crumpled on the ground, they suddenly heard... A familiar sound. My dear Jack, said Santa, I applaud your intent. I know wreaking such havoc was not what you meant. And so you were sad and feeling quite blue. But taking over Christmas was the wrong thing to do. I hope you realize Halloween's the right place for you. There's a lot more, Jack, that I'd like to say. But now I must hurry for it's almost Christmas Day. Then he jumped in his sleigh, and with a wink of an eye, he said, Merry Christmas! And he bid them goodbye. Back home, Jack was sad. But then, like a dream, Santa brought Christmas to the land of Halloween. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.